The customer is always right in their own eyes. Now, how much do I care about that right. is up for grabs. Do you subscribe to the old idea that the customer is always right? Do you struggle with clients or customers that are difficult? Are the worst client situations always escalated up to you? Do you feel stuck between reputation management and resource management? Hello, my friends. My name is Chad. This is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high stakes conversations for relentless company founders. In this episode, I get the opportunity to sit down with Dan and Adrian, and we chat about the topic of dealing with difficult clients or customers. We talk about training your people to be able to handle whatever comes up with your clients and how to break up with your clients if that's what's needed. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. Let's dive in. Dan, Adrian, gentlemen, how are you? Hey, doing great. Well, Good to be here. Are you, to be here. Yeah. you guys want to talk about some um, problem customers and clients? Sure. Oh, yeah. I love, yeah, by I name. love problem let's customers. Do, let's do it. Let's list all of our problem <laughs> clients and customers. <laughs> No, this is this conversation. I'm excited to have with both of you because I know there's going to be some perspective opened up for me uh, as we talk about this. Uh, been hearing a lot of as I've been doing these interviews with different founders, doing some research interviews with different founders about how we can better serve on this podcast. Actually, it's been a really fun experience. Um, so, any of you founders that are listening and want to uh, participate in this in this project. I would love to talk with you. You could reach out to me, chat at takenewground.com. I'd love to interview you just about how we could serve you better in these conversations. Um, so one of the common things that's coming up is challenging clients and customers. Um, and there's a lot of different perspectives. There's a lot of uh, characteristics that people say make a problem or challenging client or, or customer. And it made me think about, I think a good place to start this conversation made me think about the old adage is that the customer is always right. The customer is always right. You know, you get your first job at the five and dime. I don't know that I, whatever uh, Then Dan, that might, that might appeal to you. I, that, that wasn't my experience. It rings yeah. for me. I got my first job at the art city trolley which was a restaurant um, in the back. Of, so they put this old trolley car and then they put a kitchen on the back of it. And that was the restaurant downtown, uh, downtown the town that I grew up in. And um, I lied about my age to get the job. That was awesome. I was 14, told him I was 15. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I remember these kind of ideas that the customer is always right. And that's where I wanted to start. Um, when When you hear that, saying the customer is always right. What do you, what do you hear? Well, the customer is always right in their own eyes. So it's true. Yeah. You know, well, no. well that part of it's true. Yeah. The, 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 the customer is always right in their own eyes. Now, how much do I care about that right. is up for grabs. And, and I mean, it's probably worth, and maybe we should in the front end talk about there's different of types course. of businesses and, and, you know, and, you know, uh, if I'm in a, if I'm in a hyper, if I'm in like a product based business and you want to keep a client and, and you're just selling them something, um, 
then you, you know if there's a long term long time value of a customer and something didn't happen right and what do I need to do to make it right and you know kind of there's all that um, and so the customer's always right probably if we if we if we think about it from a um, effectiveness perspective it's good to say I mean it's good to really own the fact that it, they are right with their own opinion meaning they've got their own opinion and they might not get off it um, and you know in certain type of businesses you just want to go believe they're right and find a way to find a way to to ease their discomfort or um, satisfy yeah. their anger not I mean in our business if the customer is always right then right we up. fail them yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, in our business I like to think the customer is always valued because if if um, they're hiring us because they're not right about what they're up to in the probably the most shallow sense I mean it isn't working usually or they're looking to go into some domain where they've got no experience or their experience only takes them so far and it's not about being right it's about what's wanted mm -hmm. and needed and so if they're always valued then we can have discussions around how they might not be right and how they what corrections need to take place for them to really maximize mm. their efforts but i think a lot of times you know in a lot of businesses customers come to be educated so you know they need you to be willing to respectfully and purposefully <clears throat> address what's wanted and needed or what's missing or where they may yeah. not be right and that's really i mean that was just a starting thought and not necessarily wanting this conversation yeah. to be built around that idea. Um, but it, it's an interesting right. um, idea around this. How how do we want to relate? And I think that's the really the point that I want to have or, or the conversation that I want to have with you guys is like, how do you want to relate to those customers that could be challenging? I think there's a lot of people who own businesses, who are founders of businesses, who take that on as an opportunity to like win them over to like show them like I can actually take care of you even though you're challenging you don't fit into this like box that I think client or customer fits into that's one way of approaching it and it's a, a very valid way there's also other founders who just don't even want to deal with it if you're not my people I'm okay with that just there's the door yeah <laughs> So uh, that's more of the idea of the conversation that I'm interested in having is like, it's, and, and Dan, well, both of you, but Dan, you talk so much about, you know, you train people to interact with you the way that they do. And I don't think that that's, I think that's also true in the way that we run our businesses and the way that we relate to our clients. So there's, um, especially in a high service business. And that's, I guess, that's one thing we have to really hone in on this conversation is like, there is a million different types of business and a di million different types of clients and customers on a high touch service business. Um, we certainly have opportunities to train our clients and our customers to interact with us the way that, that we want them to. A way that would be valuable to them. Like they're orienting them to what, how to get the most value out of what we're up to together that that's a big part of it and you know they're you're going to have difficult conversations but if i've really 
outvalued the customer, then those conversations, there's going to be much more room to develop a relationship or a conversation, a narrative that can contain whatever the upset is. And I think that's that takes some practice and and uh, it takes some foresight, right? It, like, for instance, one of the things I like to do with my clients is to let them know what to expect when engaging our services. Yeah. Like things are... You know, things are going to come undone more before they come back together. Like when thing, when this shows up, when, you know, this person's upset or you've got a certain group of people that are uneasy about what's going on, that's actually a good sign. That means they're paying attention. And now there's an opportunity to invite them in. And there's going to be a certain number of people that are going to automatically come with you. And there's going to be a certain number of people that are going to sit on the bench or, you know, on the fence and see if this is safe or good or valuable for them. And then there's going to be another group of people that are going to try to undermine what you're doing because they don't want to give up what they think they have to give up in order to make whatever change you're up to. I mean, being able to prepare the client for what's coming will create trust and credibility when it comes. And then that gives me margin space to speak into and explore and invite their exploration in at the same time. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that's so crucial. What I hear you saying, Dan, is like, if you're, probably not if, when you're dealing with challenging clients, one of the first powerful questions to ask is, where did I set, where did I not set the expectation of how this is going to yeah, go. You can ask yourself. Right? Because we want to put the onus on them. They're difficult. They're challenging. They don't appreciate. They don't see what I'm doing here. Right? All of that sort of stuff and really it's it's a different perspective or it's a different it's a different um experience right? of looking back at yourself and saying, "Wow, interesting. Where did I not set the expectations or the agreements in a way that was going to set us up for success?" Any entrepreneur has a good sense of the field they're playing on. And so they're aware of, if they want to be, they can become aware of the potential pitfalls that are going to, that are inherent in that field of play that they're in. And that, I think that's partly how you start to anticipate and prepare yourself for difficult conversations, difficult clients. And you get clear about who you want to work with too. That's right. Right on. Yeah, I mean, each each challenging conversation with a client is an opportunity to evaluate who it is that you, like, continue to hone in who it is that you want to work with. If you didn't have those experiences, you might not know who it is that you want to work with. Or if you're not paying attention to those experiences, yeah. you might not know who it is. Yeah. Well, you know, was, I was thinking today, Adrian wrote a, an email for Eileen to a client, and she was so impressed with the email because he was so sensitive both to what the client wanted and what the potential problems could be. And he invited it in a very open way. And I said, Eileen, that's because he's, he's concerned about, the, he's not worried about losing the account. He's committed to having the account in a right way. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's a distinction between trying not to lose an account and, and, and trying to, and really working to get the account in the right place so that when we go forward, we can go forward with power and confidence and trust and, and you know, we can count on each other. 
Yeah, I mean, pl- Adrian's really good at that. I mean, he's great at anticipating it. The letter was so well written. I want to put a frame on it, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that email worked. I don't think I'd heard that feedback yet. So great. Yeah, it was. Um, she loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I would, you know, are, are there, first off, are there difficult customers is probably some place to, to, is probably a question to ask ourselves. Is it that, or is it that there's a breakdown in the relationship between our promises? Um, that's typically like when, when some, when someone is difficult, there's typically a breakdown and they're not feeling heard or they're scared or they're upset that promises have been broken and they've chosen a, a position around how to get those interests met. And usually it's anger, power, threats like that. But that's, that's the, you know, that's the show. That's the persona they're putting on because they, the, their interests aren't getting met. Um, or they think their interests aren't getting met. Maybe they are, who knows? So, I mean, how to deal with difficult customers. First off, I would probably make a distinction between the situation we're in and the person they are. Yeah. You know, cause if I think they're a difficult person, if they are a difficult person, I mean, there are people that love to be difficult, right? They love to argue. They love to, they love drama. They're never satisfied. And then I would just run from them as quickly as possible. Cause you're not going to get past that. If you don't want to deal with drama, then if, if someone is committed to drama, then I would just, Hey, we're doing something else. Um, and bless you. Adios, amigo. Um, but if they're being dramatic because there is a breakdown between what happen, what's happening and what we promised, great. I would actually focus in on what you're doing, Chad, on, okay, hold on. What did we promise versus what's being delivered? Got it. Let me account for everything on my side of the relationship and see if me accounting for that honestly with them starts to create more space in the relationship where I can now get out of this adversarial combo because it's difficult. It's like an adversary. It's an adversarial relationship. It's like a hostage negotiation and get out of that and get on their side and, and say, okay, hold on. I hear, here's what, here's what I, here's what I hear. The problem is here's what I see as well. Um, I can agree with you about those things. Here's how I blew that. That's on me. Please forgive me for that. Um, would you like, would you like to work together to solve this? That's a pretty important question to ask because they might not want to. They're just there for blood and you could choose to give them blood or not. Um, or can we work together to solve this thing? Do you want to work together or are you just mad? You know, is there hope to, is there hope to turn this thing around on your side? And if the answer is, I mean, most people aren't going to get to that question because it's risky to ask that. But that's really the source of anything that's going to happen next. Like if you're committed to making it right on your side and they're not committed to making it right, they just want to whine and, and complain in the future, then I, you know, there's really no, there's, there's really no use in yeah. having the conversation. It's a powerful, um, it's a really powerful question, I think, to ask, you know, is there a world in which this is made right for you or, or made right together? Right on. Because you can really locate where they are. Yep. Are they there just to make a stink? They're not going to be happy with anything. In that case, there's no reason to to continue. But if there is some world, then you get that on the table, and then you get to decide whether or not that's something you're willing to do in order to make it right. Might not be something you're willing to do. 
And at that point, it's it's time to say goodbye. Yep. So it's such a great question to just even hypothetically, you can propose it hypothetically. Is, is there a world in which this makes sense for you? The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about the change imperative written by our very own Dan Takini. How do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or that it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Do you know how to lead people through the change that your vision requires? If not, it's impossible to take this thing to the next level. Growth, change, and transition These intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance, but they don't have to. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative eBook. It is the instructions for innovating with your team. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Change Imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to go to the next level. Now back to the conversation. So this yeah. this conversation yep. that we have specifically is the Naked Leadership Podcast. We're talking straight to founders of companies, right? So I'm sure there are some founders of companies who are listening that these kinds of clients and customers get escalated to them. Uh, I know of a few that I've talked about or talked with in the last couple of weeks that this is the case. All of the difficult ones, all of the quote unquote challenging ones get escalated to the founder. Um, there's also, I'm sure some in our, in listeners that, uh, who are founders of companies who are concerned about training their people, um, and inviting their people to work with challenging situations or challenging conversations with clients or customers. How do you think about bringing people or inviting the people into your culture and into your company into working with those who are don't fit the mold of the perfect client or customer? How about you train them by the way you deal with them when they're difficult? That's how you train them. <laughs> and, and I've found that to be the most organic and powerful way is people learn like, like if you're if, if I'm having a difficult conversation with somebody on my team, how I have that conversation, how I treat them as a client is going to be something that goes in in a cultural way so that if we do some training, there's a foundation they're standing on. But if I'm a complete jerk and and with them when they come to me, then I hold a training on how to treat difficult customers, there's going to be dissonance on the team. They're, they're going to, it's going to, nobody's going to take it seriously. If you value the customer, you don't, don't slander them. You certainly want, you could talk about the difficult situation with the aim of resolving it the best you right can. On. Like, how can I make a difference here with this person? That's, that's really the issue. That's really, and if I'm, if I get into the practice of doing that with my team, whenever there's an upset, well then, the team is going to be thinking right. like that going forward with each other and with their clients. I'm thinking about the difference between difficult situations and difficult customers again. You know, if, if there's a pattern, we ought to speak to the pattern. 
right? Because you know, wh- however they are, if they're if they're consistently upset, that's that's who they that that is that is how they've chosen to orient themselves to reality. Like that that throwing a fit is a way to get what they want, and that there's a price to be paid. So as a leader, um, inviting, I mean you. It, if you're, you've got a team that like they know their job is like solve the problem, they probably don't know that solving the problem mm-hmm. is walking away from some people. Yeah, by by constantly accommodating them, you could be feeding the monster. You That's right. You could be right. pouring gasoline That's on right. the problem. That's right. So, you know, clearing that up with folks that, you know, speaking to the pattern, like if, if someone comes back, you know, you know, they have an issue. You solve the issue. They always have an issue. That's pro. I mean, it's, if it's me, it, it's probably a person we don't want to. We're just we're out of sync here. Like you're asking something from us, we actually don't want to deliver. Yeah, and those are good people to let go. Each of us have mentioned throughout this conversation. We've mentioned multiple times. I'm going to call it breaking up with a client. That's dumb term, but like. Deciding that it's not working, right? Adrian, that's what you were just talking about is even with an employee or coming to the time where what we've done is we've gotten connected to the conversation. We've gotten connected to where we may have missed them in expectations or promises or agreements, and it's just not working. How do you approach that that breakup? (laughs) Carefully. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think living in that distinction is where they wear, right? So, so not, it's not people love to demonize someone else to justify their decision. It's easier if I'm leaving an enemy than leaving a friend, mm-hmm. you know? So, but, but like stop with stopping yourself from like demonizing them is really good and healthy. And it, and but realizing we both want different things here and neither one of us is wrong for that. Like you want something from us that we we're not going to do. We can't do, or we won't do. And I, you're not wrong for wanting that. I totally get it. I want you to go get it, but you're the more that you keep coming here to get it, you're going to keep being mad at me and we want different things. So, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's best that, you go find some, go find the company, go find the product that is actually going to meet your interest. And so I'm sorry, it's not us. Yeah. You know, and that's, so it's not, it's not, it's, it's the distinction is around the interests that aren't aligned. Yeah. Yeah. Not that's the right. people and not who did wrong or how they that's are, right. who they are. It's not, it's not working. We not here's how it's not working. We acknowledge that. Yep. The minute it becomes about the other parties, it's just not, you know, you never know when something might work with them. So why not yeah. make it hard on the problem, soft on the person or people or team or whatever? That's yeah. what I was just going to say, Dan. This is just another instance of hard on the problem, soft on the person. What they want is not inherently bad in any sort of way, unless, I mean, we could, well, yeah. whatever. There, but, are, there are exceptions. <laughs> there are exceptions. <laughs> nothing's black and white, but for the most part, they may be able to find it somewhere else. They're not bad for wanting it. You're just not willing to give it. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And as a leader, you ought to like really pay attention to, to how you orient yourself in this conversation, because how you are 
I think this is your point maybe earlier, Dan, how you are in the midst of that type of breakdown will be replicated um, by other people, right? So, and as if you're a founder of something, or if you own a business, or you just really care about your service or care about your job, it's going to feel personal. And it is, and it ought to. And you've got opinions like, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking about a client that we had for a while that, you know, decided to go another way. And uh, I had done my best to really articulate all the reasons why we ought to not, we ought to not stop. We should double down. She doesn't want to double down. And it was really hard sending the goodbye email to them because I've got lots of opinions about what would serve them. They just don't care about mine. Mm hmm at the end of the day. And they got the right to do that. And they're not like it's a wrong person over there. They're going to rock and roll with their perspective. I think there's part, parts of that perspective that are foolish, but they, she, this client's been clear. They don't want to do, they don't want to go where I'm committed to going. Wonderful. But it feels like loss and we don't usually feel loss well without finding someone to blame for the loss. Right. You could take, yeah, take it as loss, take it as attack. You could take it a number of different ways. Right on. And how you're relating to it's going to determine how you show up. I'll never forget. <clears throat> I was a young guy, Eileen, and we had started this daycare and she built this really nice business. We had 12 kids and she was taking care of them and, and doing like a little preschool kind of thing and going really well. She wanted to get one more kid, one more child to come. And this lady was applying and, I heard the lady talking to my wife at the door saying, I'm so excited about this. You know, the last daycare I was in, and she went on and just ragged them horribly. So Eileen gets done and she comes in and, and the lady leaves. Like, I go, you're, are you going to take that lady as a client? She goes, yeah, sure. I go, might want to consider that. She goes, why? I said, you can easily become the lady down the street. Yeah. The way she talked about that lady, she owned nothing about it. There was no, and what was her purpose in telling you all that, right? And she took her on, and three months later, same thing, because yeah. she wouldn't, she wouldn't make a special case for the lady and her child, and she just holds, she holds the ground. All of a sudden, she's the bad guy, and the lady's off to the next one. And we were sitting at dinner, and she. Had a big smile on her face. He goes, that was a bit prophetic, wasn't it? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so how somebody comes to you from another client also is a way to pay, is something to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'm just thinking about leadership mindset wise. I mean, something that will show up in the conversation is, is how these words are kind of cliche these days, but how abundant or how scarce you think the world is. Yeah. So if I think I got to keep everybody that I've got, then I'm going to probably betray myself in order to keep somebody around. But that comes out of a belief that there's a limit to what's possible. And I, you know, I would tend to for myself and for anybody that I'm working with is like, well, the phenomenal clients are waiting for you. And actually letting this person go is going to create the space for that, for you to go pursue the types of clients you want. Um, but that's a that's a worldview that's a, that's it baked in people's paradigm and how the world's occurring to them. So that's you know if you let people go with grace, it it, it even if someone's unsatisfied, they might refer somebody else to you mm -hmm. by the way yeah. you're with them on their goodbye. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they no, might be able to well, you're after the same thing they were. I wasn't, but you might want to check these guys out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Allowing people to, allowing the relationship to stop in that context with dignity uh, will go, will always go further than making them the enemy. So, yeah, it was great, on. great conversation. Thanks, guys, so much. Good to be here. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye everybody.